Welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in. We've been exploring the effect of the gospel as well as the practice of the gospel. Honestly, folks, if you get a grip on the place of the spirit and word of God superimposing on your mind, you are mature. Honestly. I said something on Sunday that a lot of what we do and we then realize that we didn't turn to the Holy Spirit to preempt that thing, highlighting our lives, an area where our mind is in deficit. Because the Holy Spirit works with you at worst. If it's bad, the Holy Spirit is working with you. Not behind you. Not the Holy Spirit trying to catch up with you. If you're not doing very well, he's working with you. If you're doing great, you're working with him. If you're doing exceptional, he has carried you. And your, your, your desire to walk or not walk doesn't matter anymore. Because he's carried you. But that he's trying to catch up with you, there's a problem. And so we will emphasize over and over again in the course of this evening, the place of the mind in downloading God's word so that you can use it. Because like I said on Sunday, the word of God, the gospel, must be translated into energy you can use. This is the reason why you have believers who are successfully depressed. A believer, you're depressed. A doctor diagnosed it. You understand? You now have antidepressants as medication. And the Spirit of God is in you. Sons of God who are sad and sadist by nature. The sons of God believers who are just offended by anybody who is happy. Uh, what is the matter? Why are, you so, why are you laughing? What's funny? Why are you so happy? Why are you so sad? And you have a lot of Believers who vacillate in their countenance. You know, one minute you're up, next minute you're down. One minute you're up, next minute you're down. We have to constantly read you. Are you okay? Are you sure? And then when you are happy, we suspect you. Because it's your happiness. It's suspect. Why? Because you're just not a generally happy person. So what is wrong that, that you are happy? <laughs> what went wrong? <laughs> this, is, this is not you. Why? Everything that happens in the life of a person is a reflection of a state of their mind. Everything that happens 
in the life of a person is a reflection of the state of their mind. If your mind is stable, so will you. If your mind is messed up, you will be messed up. If your mind is easily distracted, you are an easily distracted fellow. You cannot be divorced from the state of your mind. You cannot. So to ignore that is to ignore everything that is yours that is good for you in this life in Christ Jesus. It's your mind that will process it. That is where the gospel is interested in working in you. Are you here? In you. Mind you all. It's a big deal. Probably the biggest deal in your sojourn on the earth, in this body of, of flesh, your mind. Honestly. The big, I mean, forget what they've preached to you. If your mind is not renewed, if you don't have control of your mind, there's nothing you'll do that you'll be successful at. This is why wealthy billionaires go and sit on a sofa and say they went for therapy. <laughs> you go to see a shrink. You want your money. You go to a therapist. At best, or even a psychic. A palm reader. A crystal ball gazer. A necromancer. And a modern day astrologer. Because your mind is messed up. And money can't fill the void. Sex can't fill the void. Binge eating can't fill the void. Sleeping can't fill the void. You wake up, you want to sleep again. You ask yourself, why did I wake up? That's why. Because as long as you don't have control over your mind, you have no control over your life. No matter what you amass, it won't make any sense. It won't make any sense. Some of you, the more we tell you you look gorgeous, the more you suspect yourself. You were fine until somebody said you look beautiful. You're lying to me. Why don't you just come out of all the things you could do today is to look at me and lie to me. You get, you get offended. You are okay. Until somebody says, wow, you look beautiful. The first thing that comes to your mind is in this dress, without makeup, with my hairs. You know when it goes from hair to hairs, they, they are, all of them are in conflict with each other? You know when your hair, certain classes on departments of your hair, keeping mileage with the other departments? They become hairs. Like with my hairs like this. My nails undone. No money in the bank. I'm not eating for three days. My clothes are loose. They're telling me I look fine. Look again. Anyway, thank you. Why? Because truth is coming into a resistance in your mind. Does that make sense? Truth coming into your mind is meeting what? Resistance. Nothing will make sense. That's why people can be in church and switch off. And honestly, sometimes when you come around, you realize you didn't want to switch off. You tell yourself, I'm not a bad person, no. I'm a good person. I love God now. 
I love my pastor. I love when he teaches. Why? How come I switch off? And I can't seem to switch it back on. Real talk. Real talk. Real struggle. I love this man. This is my pastor. This is, this is my vessel. This is the fountain I drink from. I want to listen to him. If I where I am now, it's on account of having listened to him. But right now, I'm switched off and I'm trying to switch it on and I can't seem to switch it on. And just when you're about to wake up and get it on, service has closed. By the time we end Christ's experience, you're upset. And you're the only one that knows. Or you thought I didn't know because I also knew that you're now upset because you know you have wasted the Christ experience. And you go back and you're like, wow. And then by the time you listen to the live stream, you now start to feel guilty. How come I didn't hear this? I was in the room. But see, that's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God doesn't make you feel bad for what you missed. He expounds it to you. When you're feeling, ah, 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 but I didn't hear this. Hey, it's because I was my mind. No, that's when I was not even hearing anything. Your mind. Because truth is meeting resistance in your mind. And that's the one dimensional faculty of a, of, a, of a person that they have absolute responsibility for. Unfortunately, we have abdicated that responsibility to all kinds of external factors. TV. Movies, articles. And these things shape our mind. The word used for world in Romans 12, 2 is the word aeonia, which is from the word aeon, which is from the word eon, which means dispensation. And aeonia or aeonai actually means an age. Not world as in a place. That would be cosmos. Right? Not world as in a place. Not even world as in a system but world as in an age, as in a dispensation, as in what's going on now, not where you are. Are you following me now? So what is going on in society, in the world, has a great place, has a huge role to play in shaping mindsets and paradigms. You must be careful about trends. That's honestly why I don't dance. Not because I can't dance. But you see, dancing is mostly measured by trends. Yeah. Such that no matter how much you're moving, yeah. if you were doing the Azonto or the Atlanta right now, someone look at you like, dude, you're so yesterday. Yeah. So, dancing comes with a craze to stay current. Yeah. And so mostly when we dance in church, it's not from the rejoicing of the Holy Spirit that by which he can take over your body and move it any way he likes. Because dancing is the Holy Spirit taking over your body and using it to manifest the rejoicing in the spirit. Dancing is in the spirit. It's not choreographed. It's not choreographed. It's spontaneous. It is the Holy Spirit taking over the faculty of your body. Because that's a lot of the love of all the heart and might and soul and your strength. Presents your bodies as a living sacrifice. Glorify God with your bodies. So you rejoice to the point where your body becomes a praise breakout by the spirit. Not by that music video. And so we start to dance and all you want to see is the very latest dance. Which is okay if you were dancing it in your living room and having fun. And can I help you? No, there's nothing wrong with it. 
But if I am in the place of worship and there's rejoicing in the spirit going on and my mind is renewed, my mind should not ever think that it can borrow one leg, borrow this and borrow that to express joy in the Holy Ghost. I hate to be regulated by the systems of the world. I hate it. If everybody is doing this thing, that's the very thing you will not see me doing. Because that's why it is called the God of this age. This age has a God system governing it. Does that make sense? Whose eyes, the scripture says, the God of this age has blinded. This age, this eon, that's the same word. So there is a governing system that backs up the world. So if the world is your value system, your mind is messed up. Because it means that with your spirit, you serve the spirit of God. With your mind, you serve the God of this age. Then the conflict begins. Become a conflicted person. One minute you look at something with a particular perspective. Next minute, it's shifted. There's a conflict of dispensations. That's the, that's the word world. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this age. This age, what's going on now? This dispensation. This fad. Everybody's wearing joggers or jeans and tucking them into their socks and wearing slippers. And you join them. You can't see how much like an antelope you look. They ask you why. You can't explain. You can't explain. People are wearing their pants and sagging them down the bum. You now wear your pants and sag them down the bum. And you can't explain. Go and read the history of what it means to sag your pants. And so you are sagging your pants. Why? Because you saw one hip-hop artist on TV sagging. Start to sag. Do not be conformed to this world. And conformed in the, in the Greek word is a word that signifies allowing your outward expression to change. So you see, conformity doesn't necessarily take away your salvation. It compromises your expression. Because conformity is such that water has no shape, for instance. This bottle does. As you pour water into this bottle, it would, of a necessity, take the shape of this bottle. But it's still water. Does that make sense? Because of the bottle, if you poured it out, it would come out exactly as it went in. If you poured it into an absorbent substance, however, if you poured it into a fabric, for instance, it will take the fabric and not much of it will come out. So at that point, what, is water not being water anymore? No, it's still water that is conforming to where it is poured into. And that's the difference between water that you are hurrying to drink and water you are hurrying to mop. Even when it's clean. This same water that you want to drink, this same water turns and falls on the floor, then it's running with a mop to come and clean it. Yeah. But the water that was that poured on the floor is water that I should drink. Yeah. It's pure enough to drink, but because it conformed to something else, it lost its expression. So all of a sudden, water that is drinkable becomes a nuisance. Clean it. But the water that poured on here is not impure water. 
are you following me? It's not water from the toilet or water that you wash the pot and, and then scrape the bottom. And it's the same water that is good enough for drinking. But as you poured it, it poured into a different collecting property that had it conform to that image. So its outward expression becomes altered. And so you have a lot of people who are believers, sons of God. The spirit of God lives in them, but their outward expression is compromised. Because they are being conformed to the world. We are pouring you into the wrong containers. So you're ending up with the wrong expressions. You're hanging with the wrong crowd, so you're saying the wrong things. You're hanging with the wrong people, so you're doing the wrong things. You always find yourself doing the wrong things. And like I said on Sunday, saying sorry. Why? Because we take what is pure and pour it into something that is not pure. Does that make sense? You're eating your rice and every grain counts. Because you are hungry. That grain matters until it falls to the ground. The same rice you are eating and enjoying changes destination and becomes undesirable. Why? It conformed to a different standard. Same rice. Same water. Same son of God. Create a channel for water. It will pass through that channel. So conformity is not necessarily a change of yourself. Paul is saying, do not allow the ways of this age to determine how you are shaped. Are you following me now? Don't allow what's happening to you to determine how you respond, how you react. Don't be conformed. Everybody's screaming things are tough. And then you start to panic and start to say things are tough. You have just conformed. You have just conformed. And a fad or a trend starts to sweep through the city, sweep through the nation, sweep through the country, and then you jump onto it. You just conform. A new slang is in the air. And then you're all over it. No chill. No self-control, no regulation. Everybody's saying it. So? You conform. Everybody's singing a song. You sang it. You conform. Mm -hmm. This is the raining beat. You start to do it. You conform. See how easy it is? All it takes is just to pour you into a different container. And you don't have a choice but to conform to the shape of the container. The only choice you had was not to be poured in. But once you allow yourself to be poured, you'll be poured into whatever container you allow. And you will take the shape of that container. That's conformity. So we're going to have to pour you out of that place where you shouldn't be. And ensure you stay in the right place. But you see, all through this drama, you are a son of God. That's a delicate thing. You're a son of God in the wrong space. Son of God with the wrong crowd. Son of God doing the wrong thing. Son of God doing the right thing at the wrong time. Son of God doing the right thing at the right time with the wrong people. Do not conform. That's the gospel working in you. Then he goes on to say, but be transformed. That's another big word. That's where 
the juicy part of mind renewal is. Don't be conformed. Don't let people pour you into anything. Willy-nilly. Because we're not calling you to be conforming here and there. We're not even calling you, hear me carefully. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we're doing this together. You're not even, we're not even calling you to be conformed to God. Okay. In this context. Because okay. uh-huh. yeah. uh-huh. if, if this is God and you're just conformed to him, it's temporal. It means once something else comes your way, you will take the shape of that thing. So he's not even interested in you conforming in this context. It's after transformation, not conformity. It says, be you transformed, metamorphosed. From which you get the English word metamorphosis. And that is a change from one state into another. That's different from conformity. Do not conform. Do not be conformed. Don't let the world shape you. The idea is not for you to be shaped. The idea is for you to become. And you don't become by conforming. You become by transforming. Are you following me? You become by transforming to become something else. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world just toss you around. We're not calling you to be conformed. We're calling you to be transformed. To become in this life, in this life, mm-hmm. transformed. Mm. We're not talking eternal salvation. We're talking right now, in this life, now, transformed. Metamorphosis. Interestingly, if you see Matthew 17, it says that Jesus went up, took three of his disciples, and went up on the mountain, verse 1, where he was transfigured. Same word, metamorpho. Matthew 17, 1 and 2. Put it up. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. That's the same word in Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by them. So, be, do not be conformed to this world, but be transfigured. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But become another kind of species. That's transformed. Yes, sir. So when this guy transformed before them, they fell on the floor. They were like, wow, see glory. Because the person that manifested was not the Jesus they went up the mountain with. The Jesus they went up the mountain with, they know they fear him. Do you understand? But when he transformed, when he became another species of man, what happened there? God took a deposit of who Jesus will be post-cross, post-resurrection, and showed it to them as a token of what both what Jesus would become and what they will in turn become. So the Jesus they saw in Matthew 17 was the Jesus who was now Christ in the new covenant. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The exalted Jesus, yes, sir. the glorified Jesus, was who they saw. Wow! Fell flat on your face. Verse 3. Tell anybody, be you transformed. And behold, Moses and Elijah, there's one verse I want to show you guys here. Be you, behold, Moses and Elijah appear to them talking with him. Next verse. 
Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Don't worry about us. We don't need tabernacles. What were they saying here? Ah, this glory is nice. Can we add this glory to that of the law and the prophets? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is church now. Jesus, Moses, the law, Elijah, the prophets. Blessed Trinity. This is church now. We mix Jesus, Moses, Elijah. Church don't say it. While they were saying this, see the next verse. While he was still speaking, still speaking, while he was still trying to amalgamate, mm, yes. a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, talking about the transfigured one, yes. not the vision of Moses, not the vision of Elijah. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And I've explained this to you before. Hear him. In other words, I'm not hearing the law. I'm not hearing the prophets. But finish Moses. But finish Elijah. Hear the son. Next verse. Verse 6. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. You see that? <laughs> because they saw a transfigured person. This is not the Jesus we knew. Next verse. Greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. Please see verse 8. You have never paid attention to it before. See verse 8. And when they lifted up your eyes. Uh, please, think, think, think beyond the physical. When they lifted up their eyes, the law was gone. When they lifted up their eyes, the prophets were gone. Yes. Because in these last days, he has spoken to us through the song. Through the song. So Jesus was not transfigured before them to help and support the law. Yes. He was transfigured before them to show them it is this thing is taken away. Mm -hmm. So as we go down now, we're just going to finish what has been finished. Yes. When they opened their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. Say, say I see no one but Jesus. I see no one but Jesus. When they had lifted up their eyes, <laughs> they saw no one but Jesus only. How does the TPT put this, I wonder? When they finally opened their eyes and looked around, they saw no one else there. Uh, we see Jesus. Only. Sola Christos. Christ only. Sola is Latin from the word soul, which means only, exclusively. Sola Christos. Christ only. When they opened up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. Where was the Lord? Gone. The prophet, gone. Who was there? The son. Hear him. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So no, we don't mix Moses here. <laughs> We're not DJs. <laughs> Hello, our deck has one turntable. Not add one here. <laughs> deck A. Deck B. Try balance the BPM small. Make it rhyme. Increase the tempo. That's why you listen to a, a mixtape. And you hear songs that originally were slow. Are fast in the mixtape. They've been compromised to conform. Songs that were normal on the mixtape sound like chipmunks. <laughs> No, we're not mixing. The transfigured Christ, the exalted Christ, the glorified Christ, end of the law, end of the prophets. Now we see only him. Only him. He was transfigured. Became another man. As we see him, we are being transfigured. We're becoming another man. That man. Now, where does this taking place take place? <laughs> In your mind. How was Jesus who he was? His mind. Let this mind be in which was first where? Then he starts to explain his mind. Who? Being equal with God. Did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But considered it. Took on the son of a father. Was humble. Even unto death on the cross. Whereby God highly. Ex- That's the mind that made Jesus who he was. So the success of Jesus was implanted where? That's why Paul is saying. Let that mind now be in you. So here's how you can be like Jesus. Take his mind. That means Jesus was Jesus on account of Because if something other than Jesus made him Jesus, Paul should have been telling us that thing and giving it to us. Not be giving us his mind. So receiving the mind of Christ is not receiving the feelings of Christ. Or the emotions of Christ. Mind. Nous, N-O-O-S in the Greek. Transliterated N-O-U-S, nous. And it means reasoning, intellect, faculty, the seat of comprehension. Before it refers to feelings and emotions. Mind brings, the, the word mind in the Greek brings to view intellect. The place of reasoning. The place of understanding. News. It's not a feeling. It's what enables you to know whatever you know. The seat of whatever you know. Intellect, reasoning. The faculty of your life that processes anything you know. That's why it's that powerful. That's why I said, what would you do? Your mind. Because where does knowledge sit? Your mind. After being received by your spirit. You found it? What was it? What number in the Strongs? 356. 3563. Three. News. What does it mean? A God-given capacity of each person to, to think, the mind, mental capacity, to exercise reflective thinking for the believer 
It is the organ of receiving God's thoughts through faith. Who has, who has more? The mind. Comprising alike. Faculties of perceiving. And understanding. And those of feeling. Judging. Determining. Intellectual faculties. The understanding. Reasoning in the narrower sense. As the capacity for spiritual truth. Am I right or am I correct? So when you hear mind, uh, auntie, respect it. It's not your mate. Until you teach it who is boss. If you're not powerful, if you're not more powerful than your mind, your mind is more powerful than you. It's like a dog you have to back down at. The dog is going woof it. Hey, sit down. And then the dog realizes, okay, I am man's best friend, not man's boss. Because sometimes some dogs can think that they're your they're your boss. The mind is a powerful faculty. So you see why I said it's your mind you will do? Because your reasoning, your intellect, your processing, your rationale, your logic, your interpretation of information. We say to you one thing and you hear it differently. You hear what was not said. Your mind paints a totally different picture from reality. And you believe it. And once you believe it, you are convinced that is what it is. Like the rascals in Numbers 13. Go and, go and spy the city and come back. Twelve people, one from each tribe. Enter. They saw milk and honey, saw pomegranates and olives. In fact, brought a bunch of finest fruits from Jericho. In Deuteronomy, it says, however, in about the same scenario, now Jericho was tightly shut for fear of the Jews. Right. It was the same story. Same story. It was the same story. It was the same story. That was why those two spies were helped by Rahab because the gates were shut. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Same story. Yes, sir. So if you look at both of them together, the Jericho guys were afraid of the Israelites. They shut their gates, no going and no coming in. And they will now send spies. That's why they had to be spies in disguise. They got into the city, found the fruits, brought the fruits, came back. Aha, what do you want to see? Um, it is true. There's Mika only there. In fact, see a bunch of the fruits that we brought. Um, but um, what also happened was, there are giants in the land. Now, please look at the mind exaggeration. Uh-huh. What Paul refers to as an imagination. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hear carefully. Yeah. He said, they said, 10 of them said, in fact, the giants are so big that we looked like grasshoppers in our sight. As a matter of scale. Do you have a jack adapter there? Headphone adapter. This is about the size of an average grasshopper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Average. 
a bigger one, those really big ones, yes. probably by the side of my finger. Yeah. But the average grasshopper, those ones you catch and put in them small containers yeah. and watch them hop around until they die, yes. are about this size. Now, the scale of this to my palm alone is such that this jack will fit in my palm at least 30 times. At least in my palm. Now, imagine the scale, if this is 1 to 30 ratio, that means my two palms alone is 1 to 60. If you do a rough estimate of my entire body to this scale, it would be like 1 to 1,000 or something. Right? Even if this is the scale, even if this is the grasshopper, at least 1,000 of these. Ratio. Numbers 13. We looked like grasshoppers in our eyes. And because we saw ourselves next to them like grasshoppers. Eh, see, eh. They too, they saw us like grasshoppers. We are sure. Put it in the NLT. Let him see a modern translation. Say the gospel is working in me. Transforming me, Transforming me by the renewing of my mind. Of my mind. I, must I must allow it. This is the fight. Oh, this is the fight. This is the fight. You must allow it. Start the verse again. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And, and that's what they thought too. Who did you interview among them? So who raised up that imagination? Themselves. Where? We can't help you if you don't see yourself correctly. Because on account of scale, you are telling me that if you weigh... Doggy, how tall are you? 6'4". It's not even 7. This long. Imagine Doggy looking like a grasshopper next to somebody on a scale of one to a thousand, it means the grass, the giant at the scale of Douglas will be at least one kilometer tall. Six four is around two, two I'm 1.7. I'm 170 centimeters. So doggy, if I'm five seven, five eight, he is six four. That means he's about eight clear inches. Six to seven clear inches taller than me. Yeah. Right? Which places him around two, 2.1. Right? Am I correct? About two, two, 2.1 inch meters tall. That to a scale of 1,000 is already 2,000, which is 202 kilometers. For Douglas to truly be a grasshopper to a giant. Where he's standing, that giant must be two kilometers tall. You see why Paul would say, cast down imaginations? Because God, when this imagination is true, only in the mind of the person that saw it. There's nothing you would tell this person to believe that the giant he saw is not two kilometers tall. I know you said God said we should take this. This is not the land Please tell God. It's not, it's not this land. Milk we saw. That one God is right. 
Honey, we saw. Pomegranates, we saw. Olives, we saw. <laughs> but uh, God did not factor in this very big giant who had shut their gates for fear of the Israelites. Joshua 6 1. Same story. Don't mess with your mind. This walk, the gospel is working in you. It's there. Look at it, please, carefully. Tell me if you're seeing correctly. NLT. People were afraid of. Go on. Israelites. But we looked like grasshoppers. In our eyes, and we are very sure that's how they saw us like grasshoppers, and they shut their gates. Uh, uh, you, you better renew your mind because nothing else will tell you what is true but your mind. It is from your mind you will read the decibels, the parameters of truth. If your mind is not washed, your mind can take anything and tell you it is the truth. And that thing will hold you captive. And you'll be hard-pressed to be convinced that anything else is true. Once your mind tells you this is true. Go to number 13. We can't go up. No, 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 we can't take it. At this point, let's go somewhere else. But we, we, can't, we can't take it. I thought the sons of Anak were the ancestors of Goliath. Yeah. 17-year-old boy took, the, took him down. Yeah. Yes. And then if you read the Chronicles, you see that David's men also took down Goliath's brothers. Yes. So yes. giants were still being slayed. Yes. Even if they were giants, yes. they were being slayed. Because their forefather, David, had dealt with a couple of them. Joab and Abishai, his guys, had dropped Goliath's brothers that thought they might grow up and then raise another family of giants. So even if they were giants, one, we didn't look like grasshoppers, two, they are killable. David has proven that giants die and their heads come off. But only two people saw differently. Joshua, the son of Nun. Jehoshua, Savior for our salvation. I will teach that another day. Said, no, let us go about once and take it. I've been waiting for it. You know, giants in the scriptures signify sin. In scriptures, giants are symbolic of sin. And David cut off his head before the Lord of hosts. Who is the uncircumcised Philistines that come to listen? Defile. <laughs> he cut your head off today. So it wasn't David and Goliath that's in you being David. And your unemployment is Goliath. You know? Your 13, 13 years barrenness. My Goliath must die. Giant oh, is symbolic of sin. So when Jehoshua had Giant. He said, let's go. Oh, who got it? Who got it? Who got it? Let's go. When the Savior. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The sin to kill. Let's go. 
Joshua was like, that's why we came here. <laughs> why did he bring the giants one up? Let's go up. He didn't say let's go up. He said let's go up at once. Put it back now, Numbers 13. We look like grasshoppers in our eyes. 30 what? Caleb said quite people someone said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. So all, look at this. Look at what happened to opinion. Look at what happened to imagination. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. Because of somebody's imagination. Because of what somebody was, had convinced themselves was reality. And it was false. Jericho was afraid. Imagine the whole of Israel crying all night for people that were afraid of them and had shut their city gates for fear of them. Same people that a prostitute, not even a better person, say, see, me, I know that God will give you this city. I know. (laughs) Rahab. That's why she's mentioned in Hebrews 11 by faith. Because she heard the gospel. She heard the gospel. I'm a prostitute. Me, I know God has given you the city. So I will help you on one condition. Don't leave me here. Don't leave me here. And my family. And Joshua, the two spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, no, no, no. We will save you. Drop a scarlet thread. In other words, acknowledge the Lord Jesus, your sin. Acknowledge the sin of him. Drop scarlet, signifying sin, signifying the blood. Hang it over the wall. Passover. Hear me. Rahab lived on the wall. Go and study the story. Six chariots ran side by side on Jericho's wall. The Great Wall of China doesn't come close. Six chariots. Call it six small cars side by side, like a four lane highway. Was the wall of Jericho. So there were houses on the wall, in the wall. Scripture says the wall did not crumble, it fell flat. The entire wall, except Rahab's house. The wall fell, got to Rahab's house, understood the blood as payment for her sin, jumped over her, and kept falling. And kept falling flat, 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 flat. That thick wall kept falling flat except Rehab. And her family. Somehow, the physics that dropped the wall respected the blood. A prostitute said, Now, this God is giving you this place. So help me. Don't leave me here. Deliver me. Oh, you are delivered. Meanwhile, the congregation is crying and weeping because they have been told that they are giants. We can't take it. It was true, but only as true 
as their mind. And because their mind was in a state of being a lie, everything it presented as truth was a lie. They wept. So you must transform. You must become another being by the renewing of your mind. Because it's only a renewed mind that can prove God's will, telema, God's desires, God's preferences, God's wish for you. That's the word will. Telema. Shortened Thelma. T-H-E-L-E-M-A. Will. Thelema. God's wish. God's, what God actually wants to do can only be true to the degree that your mind is renewed. And we're talking about this life. This one. This one you now live in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God. You must renew your mind. Don't ignore it. Tell your neighbor, don't ignore it. Tell your other neighbor, don't ignore it. Tell yourself, don't ignore it. It's serious business. Serious business. The gospel, the word of God is coming into you to wash your mind. Because like I said on Sunday, you will do your mind. You will say your mind. You will hear me. You will never say otherwise. It's your mind you always say. You didn't borrow the mind. It's your mind. It's your mind you will always do. So you better change the content of your mind. So that you can do your mind with a great conscience towards God. Having good conscience towards God, Paul says. You can do your mind and, and not feel like my mind is leading me astray. But because my mind is washed with the truth. Having our hearts washed by the washing of the water by the word. Isn't that what the scripture says? Then Hebrews says, having our hearts sprinkled with pure water. Washing. Washing your mind. Washing of the water by the word. So what does the word do? Purifies you. Yes. Purifies your mind. You say something, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Your mind is not pure. You meant it, you just didn't know. No, 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 no. Nobody says what they didn't mean. <laughs> Some people just did not know that that was what they meant. Because the state of their mind took them by surprise. Does that make sense? When you said something, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's when you said it and heard it, then you realize how dirty your mind was. But you meant it. You just didn't know. You meant it. Nobody says or does what they didn't mean. Your mind cannot think one thing, my love, and you do another. The only thing your body responds to is your mind. So if you said it, you meant it. It was in your mind. Whether you were conscious of it or not, it didn't come from your chest. Are you following me now? And, and, and obviously, it's very likely it didn't come from your spirit because the spirit of God is pure. No impure thing can come from your spirit because it's not yours. Just as your spirit cannot tempt you. 
So if it's an impure thing, it didn't come from your spirit because your spirit is pure. Your spirit can never be corrupted. You're not power- your mind itself is not powerful enough to corrupt your spirit. Are you following me now? So if something comes, it's an impure thought that brings impure actions and impure speech. No, I didn't mean it. You meant it. You didn't know. As you said it, you heard it. You realized, ah, that's what's in my mind. So what happened to you was a moment of discovery. You just discovered that, wow. So this thing is in my mind. Yay. What happens at that point? That's when you start to repent. When you are confronted with the dirt in your mind, you repent of it. And to repent means to do a turnaround and do the opposite of what you have always been doing. Change the information. Change the information. Holy Spirit, help me tonight. Are you getting this? Your mind is not a decoder that you can change the channel because you don't like what's playing there. It, it, a movie comes on, you don't like it. You have seen this one before. They are showing animals in the bush, you know, or news. Carry the remote, change the channel. When you change the channel from Z World to CNN, the Z World disappears from your decoder. So when you try to do replacement where you, your mind is thinking something, you're not trying to, let me, let, me, let me take that to the back of my mind. Let me take that to the back of my mind and let me, let me think on better things. The thing that you, you suppressed is still there. <laughs> so no, in the kingdom, we don't change the channel. We fix the channel. You don't change it. Because one day you'll be scanning, you'll be bored. You carry that same remote. And boom, that same channel comes up. Because you didn't change your bouquet, you stayed on the same bouquet. That means the same channels are still there. No, so in this kingdom, we don't change the channel. We do what? We fix the faulty channel. We fix it. We pump, we keep it there and pump the word until the nonsense aligns. You feel like masturbating. They tell you, go and bath. It doesn't help anybody. Oh, yes. Take a cold bath. <laughs> your body will understand what's happening. When you finish a cold bath, your body will be like, come on, give it to me. Your body, your body has no respect. Your body has no respect for the anointing. Yes, sir. Pray in the spirit. Read the Bible. You will be reading the Bible. You are seeing big, big letters from the Bible, and nothing is entering your head. You are looking at the Bible. You can see nothing. Your brain is scrambled. You feel like you're losing control. And someone craving a high. And what does religion teach you? Distraction techniques that never work. Oh, so, so much has died tonight. Teach you distraction techniques. Don't think about it. Think about something else. No, 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 no. We are replacing that. We are staying here. We are replacing this thing. Fixing this channel. Yes, this thing that came up. What does the word say about it? What word has gone ahead of me concerning this thing? Why am I feeling this thing? Where is the default? Where is the, the, the deficit? Where is the, the error in my life? What has fed this? Find it. Fix it. I was abused as a child. I don't want to talk about it. It will talk to you for the rest of your life. 
You don't want, you don't want to talk, it will talk. It will talk. See, no, no, keep bottling it up. It's okay. Bottles fill up. Oh, I know. I don't want to talk about it. Watch this. We'll see how miserable they are. Edgy, cranky, grumpy. Unpredictable. No, stay on that channel. What brought me here? What movie was it? What did I watch? Who did I hear say that word? I heard this word somewhere. Because ordinarily, I'm not just get up and use this word. I heard it somewhere. Did I hear it? No, you don't change the channel. You stay there. Because is this not the, what came out of my mouth now? Is that not what the Bible says? No profane speech should come out of my word, but only what is of grace seasoned. Edifying the hearers. So, it's not, who did I hear this from? Ah, it is that okay, right? I got it. Hey, noble, how now? How's your day? So, I found myself talking the other day, and I found myself using a word you used, and that's when I realized the impact of your influence in my life. I didn't realize it until I found myself saying what you said, and because it didn't edify me, I thought I should let you know. To desist from that, otherwise I have to find myself recalibrating my relationship with you. Not because I don't love you, but because I realize there's an influence you have over me that I don't like. Fix the channel. You sat down and you're thinking just terrible about someone. You can't understand why. Find it. You heard something. You can't just get up and just not, no, no, especially in church. You heard something, you overheard something, you saw something. Stay with it, find it. Don't say, oh, I don't even want to think about this, Seth. It's not. Think about it and change what you think about it. Think about it and change what you think about it. Feed it the right information, pour the right quantity of the word into that thing. You have one mind. That's what the scripture says now. Let no dissensions and schismas be among you. Is that what I heard in church consciousness? So how come each time I think of this person, I feel bitter? You don't need power to teach you it. That's why I said you have the word in you. All of it. The word in you is a person. No, no, no. no, no. That's, that's what I've been taught. So how come what I've been taught I should not do is what I always find myself thinking about this person? What happened? Something led to it. I was in a taxi, they were discussing and the person, the person's name came up. That's why people just flip. Yeah. Somebody's happy with you yesterday. Yeah. Comes today and they've changed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And what they're telling you is them looking like a giant, looking like a grasshopper before yes, the giant. Yes, sir. It's not as weighty as they have made it. Yes. It's not as weighty as they've made it. They make a big deal out of it because their mind is not renewed. You two now join and vex because your own mind is not renewed. You don't have patience to wait out their maturity process. Because you see, love sometimes has to wait out a maturity process to enjoy the benefit. I repeat, love sometimes has to wait out the maturity process to enjoy the benefit. You might love somebody so much and expect love in return that you will not get until they grow up. And how you know you love them is that you are patient enough to love them through their growth process. Until they outgrow the foolishness that is standing in the way 
of them reciprocating your love for them. That's also how we pastor. Because love you beyond your mess. Love you beyond your foolishness. Love you beyond your attacking us. Keep loving you. And giving you time to mature. But by mature, what do we mean? To change the information in your mind. Are you learning anything? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't change the channel. Fix it. Sit with it. Call a meeting with yourself. Do you understand? You and yourself. Two of you. <laughs> Sit in a meeting. Ask yourself, Michelle, what's doing you? What's doing you? Why is it that you hear this name and something turns in your tummy? What's the matter with you? What does the word say about this, your foolish behavior? You are talking with yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's only one person you will hear. Yourself. Your mind. If what Pav is saying will help you, it must enter your mind and your mind must tell you. Are you learning anything? There's only one person you hear, your mind. How will you hear God in your mind? God. How will you hear your pastor? Your mind. How will you hear your teacher? Your mind. That's how you can be in a lecture and write down notes. You didn't hear anything. You didn't hear anything. Why? Your mind was not collecting it, so your mind was telling you nada. <laughs> Zero. And so you find yourself hearing the word and struggling to do it. And wondering why you are struggling to do it. When all you want to do is to do it. But in all your wanting, you left your mind behind. You are wanting, but you left your mind behind. Stop wanting to be a son of God. Put the info of sonship inside your mind. Stop praying to be a son. That's a very foolish prayer. You cannot be more son than you are right now. Praying for the Holy Spirit. That's what, Dan, do you see why religion prays the prayers that they pray? Yes, more of your spirit, Lord. Because yes, you feel like you are, not, you are messing up because you don't have enough spirit. You don't have enough anointing. So that's why you need revival. And you revive yourself. On, revival ends on Sunday by Monday. You are disrevived. So that's why religion has us chasing shadows. Yes. Because religion does not have the answer to this problem. Religion does not have the answer to this problem. So you're chasing shadows. We have a bunch of Christians across the nation who cannot be kingdom cultured because their mind is not renewed even though their spirits are on fire for God. Your spirit is on fire for God but your mind is unrenewed. Nothing has shifted. Have a service. It was a great time. We were such a lash. The word came powerfully. Where did it come? Where did it come? That's why I said to you on Sunday. It's not when you heard me that you heard me. It's when you remember what you heard when life comes to test it and then you apply according to what you heard that's the day you heard it that's the day you heard it when life comes to test it you apply it you remember it hey, wait hey, hold on hold on hold on. 
the word of God says, I've been taught that, the word says that, therefore I cannot react like, I must respond like. That's the day you heard the word. Then you type that text and you're about to hit send. Boom, you literally feel the spirit of God pull you on the shoulder. And you've typed 300 words and you delete all of them. You reply, it's all good, I love you. Thank you for letting me know. Because you hear the word like a bell ringing. Colong, 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 colong. Dragging your attention. And then because the Holy Spirit will always put you in remembrance of the word. Yes, sir. That's his job. He's a talkative. He can't keep his mouth shut. He can't keep his mouth shut. The Holy Spirit. He's, he's always talking. He can't keep his mouth shut. He won't watch you walk into error. He won't. He will ring the bells. He will pull you like Balaam and that donkey. Pull you. Say, son, son, remember the word. Remember the word. And then boom, he slaps it. And sometimes you see the entire word flash through your mind in milliseconds. It's like something just called up, like a file is called up on a hard drive. Voop! And you just voop, it passes through you. And then you hold yourself back together. And then you repent. Yes, yes, sir. And do the opposite. Yes, and this sir. is just you and the Holy Spirit. Yes. You're not dragging anybody into your struggle. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's maturity. Maturity yes. is when nobody has to suffer because of your struggle. Yes, sir. Are you listening to me? Yes. The, the, the environment around you doesn't have to change and become messed up because you're struggling. Yes, sir. You're not church conscious. You and the Holy Spirit can be having your issues. Uh-huh. Holy Spirit is bulalaing you. You know bulala? He's straightening you out and only two of you know. Come to church. You're probably straight. What's happening? Oh, I'm just going through a phase. Going through a season. Now seasoning remain. At this rate. No, 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 we are the seasoning. I'm going through a seasoning. I'm being seasoned. By the time you get wearing it on your face, you have dragged all of us into your season. And excuse me, there are some of us that have graduated from the class you are writing an exam for now. So do you understand? Because you, are, because you are revising to write that exam, doesn't mean you should come and drag the whole church into your revision class. Some of us have passed that test. So respect the church enough to go through your season by yourself. How are you? Why are you looking like this? Oh, I'm just... just the Lord is walking in me. <laughs> So if you are a construction site, then put a fence around the parameter. Thank you, sir. Don't corrupt the whole church. Speak to church leadership at the level required. Because you must go through with accountability. But don't come and transmit your spirit to the whole church. Because you are going through. Your mind needs to be washed. Do you understand? It's not the channel that is, that is bad. It's the whole decoder. Load the word in. Yes, Sit with, have your meeting with yourself. Yes, sir. Say, no, 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 no. The, God, the Holy Spirit, what, you're working in me now. Uh, I'm better off than this. Yes, sir. Where's this coming from? Yes, sir. Stay there, fix it. Yes, sir. Stay there. Something is always responsible. In your mind, nothing just happens. Yes, Something is always responsible. Nothing just happens. If you take heed to this, the level of maturity at which your life will take off 
will shock even you. If you are listening to me, the level at which you enter maturity will shock you. You will call a meeting with yourself and you will be shocked at how much you have transfigured. Because transfiguration is such that you cannot recognize this person on account of who the person used to be. Does that make sense? They walked up with Jesus, chatting, strolling up the mountain. He was transfigured. They fell flat on their face. Same person they went up this mountain. Same person. Peter, James, and John, let's go. As always, be like, ah! Three musketeers. Or God has called us. Geek day. <laughs> and they look at the other, the other nine. They're coming, yeah? They're coming. But the master has called us. People that knew you after the flesh. Know you after the flesh no longer. Because you transfigured. Because you're one of those people that dared to believe God's word. The word is working in me. Say it. The gospel is working in me. God is working in me. And I'm a facilitator of that work. Yes, yes. You are. You are. You're the facilitator of that work. You are supplying your mind to be washed. Supplying your mind for the gospel to find expression. Then when you read Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, Colossians 4, 5, and 6, Philippians 2, 3, and 4, where it starts to teach conduct, yes, sir. that resistance that comes up in your mind is no longer there. Yes. Let no strife, bitterness, you be like, ah, hey, with what Sonia is doing, yeah. go hard, oh. yeah. that's because your mind is not washed. Yeah. But works in righteousness are not difficult for somebody whose mind is renewed. Yes, sir. Because the information in your mind is what you're playing out. Why is, why, is, why is not gossiping hard? Do you hear what I said? Yes. Why is it that it is difficult to not gossip? <laughs> Do you understand the question? Yes. Why is it that strife is easy? Why is it that you can finish a church meeting and quarrel with somebody else at an early fight? You can close for a meeting and say, I'm not talking to some of you, I'm even in the same house. Same house. It's an utter shame for those of you that live together to not be able to shine light among yourselves. Not you, an unbeliever. You and the same church member live in the same house. You cannot shine light. You are an utter embarrassment to sonship. What chance then do you stand with the people that are not born again? Unbelievers. Lost. Whatever you want to call them. You cannot coexist. Why? You have not allowed whatever you are hearing to get into your mind and wash it so that you can be transfigured into another man. Your roommate should look at you and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not the MA I, I knew. Before my very eyes she has transformed. I am now in awe of her. If people, if it's only people that don't know you, respect you, you're a fraud. The moment they know you, they go from respecting you to tolerating you. A fraud, clean up. 
Fix the channel. The more they know you, the more they should respect you. The more they should honor you, the more they should revere you. It's only in the world that familiarity breeds contempt. In the kingdom, no, 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 no. Connections should strengthen the bond of peace. That's what because the bond of peace. Familiarity comes from the word familiar, from the word family. It's not a bad word. Familial, with an L at the end. That's what all the embassies use to refer to family ties. Familial affiliations. The more you are, you are, you are knowing someone, the more the bond is strengthened. A bond of peace. Not that you now walk into familiarity and start to walk into contempt. You don't want to be pulled up or corrected. Once you make up your mind. <laughs> I've made up my mind. Change it! The word of God is nothing if it cannot change your mind. You make up your mind or make it. Straighten it. That you're convinced about something doesn't mean that you cannot receive conviction elsewhere. That you're convinced that this is what it is doesn't mean it's right. Let God be true. The gospel works in us. Transformation. Study the books, the chapters of Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. You enter kingdom culture in full. If you can go through Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, and I, yes, Lord Jesus, I'm doing this. I am here. Ah, then you are doing well. Galatians 5 and 6, chapters 5 and 6. Study Colossians 3 and 4. The gospel works in us. Transformation works through us. Ministry works for us. Salvation works for us. Salvation works through us. Ministry works in us. Transformation. That's when the country begins to see the transformation that she seeks. When the church begins to come into transformation. That is, because see, Nigeria as a mind. Nigeria as a mind must be built from the ground up. Kingdom culture. The practicalities of the gospel. Yeah, the practice of the gospel. Becomes easy once your mind is washed and filled with the gospel. Because if the gospel is not in your mind, you will, not, you will do your mind, but your mind will not be the mind of Christ. Yes. And you will not do Paul's mind. You will try. You will fail. Yes. My mind cannot sponsor your growth. My love for you cannot sponsor your growth. Yes, sir. Yes, My sir. conviction cannot bring you into maturity. Yes, you got to do this for you. So you would, you would ginger, oh, my papa, my pastor. Yeah, after a while, mm, you're back to your own mind. Yes, sir. <laughs> so fix it. Transformation is happening in me. Say it. Transformation is happening in me. Transformation will happen in me. Because transformation has happened in me. Hallelujah. Give God praise. Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. 
for inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at thebasiliacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at while the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus 234-70-881-8864. Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.